Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. And welcome back to Fruit Pursuit. Today we are on episode 16 called Love and Extended Family and Expectations. I'm super excited to share this Fruit of the Spirit love with you this month because we're going to really wrap our minds around this concept of love in the context of sharing our holiday season with our family, with friends, and managing all of those expectations that we have during that season. I know that we've all been there. The family gatherings that everyone expects you to be at, but most most people don't love if they're really honest about it. Everyone spend, spends the time feeling rather awkward, and we wonder how to handle them. We think sometimes that we maybe we'll never go again, but that seems really harsh and unloving. Or perhaps we decide to insist on our own way, but then that feels kind of selfish. And what about the kids? They're so bored every time, or they get into mischief, or there's never enough for them to do, or they're getting into trouble, or we have to pay attention to them so closely that we don't get to spend any time visiting with anybody else. So why did we bother coming in the first place? I totally understand these situations. And if you are a parent who has been in one of these situations, or maybe you're not the parent, maybe you're the the grandparent or the aunt or the uncle or the single relative that ends up stuck supervising kids and you think, why did I bother coming to this? Well, in addition to those frustrations, then we add on things like there's food we don't like, or it's bad for us, or we're on a particular diet and it doesn't really fall into that. And the frustrations of feeling the temptation of eating things that are not really supportive to our bodies. And yet also feeling guilty for not wanting to make a big deal about it because we kind of want to eat the food and or we did yesterday and it feels guilty to turn around and say, no, I'm not going to eat that when we know in the back of our minds that we just did the day before. People ask awkward, uncomfortable questions. When are you going to stop having kids? Why do you homeschool? Why did you put your kids in public school? When are you going to get married? How long are you going to go to college anyway? Are you a permanent student? Do you all these crazy questions? And then, of course, there's the family drama that we wish we weren't a part of, but somehow can never really seem to avoid. So what's a mom to do? What are the parents to do and how to navigate these things in a loving way with your family? Well, today I'm going to talk to you about a couple of ways that our family has saved our sanity over the years that you can apply to any situation you have going on this holiday season, 
And I'm also going to talk about how we can show love to others by doing one simple thing before we go to any event. Sound good? So two ways that we've saved sanity and one clear way we can show love to others just by doing one simple activity. So let's first of all talk about some of these ways that we've saved our family sanity over the years while dealing with family events. Now, I need to put this in context for you because we've lived 17 years away from family. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that we haven't been to family events. We've lived a long ways away and so we don't get we didn't get to as many events as we wanted to, but there were enough during difficult seasons of life with lots of little kids that that these particular tips and tricks I think you can apply to virtually any situation regardless of how often you're getting together or how infrequently. The first tip is to prepare your family to thrive. Set them up for success. If you are deciding to go to an event, it's worth taking a little time ahead of time to notice what things to bring with you, how you can really prepare your children, your family to enjoy it as much as possible. Let's decide that you are going to enjoy it. And what things would you do in order to help that be the outcome? So let me give you some for, for examples here. One time we went to a family reunion that was held in a rented space. It was like a a church activity center and the only things in the room were tables and chairs. There wasn't really anything else available for the kids to do or for the adults to do other than talk in that space. Now there was a playground outside, but the dynamic was that the adults wanted to stay inside and visit. People didn't want to be outside. And so if you had kids outside on the playground and you were watching them play, you could be sure that you were like the only adult outside at the playground. And so it created a dynamic of either the children were loud and bored and running around like crazy, not really knowing what to do with themselves, or they were outside having a good time and the adult supervising them was kind of isolated. I know that this is not a unique situation for like this. I'm not the only person that has been in one of these situations of what on the earth do we do in these situations? So here's the thing. What I did to help in those situations is I plan ahead that my kids are going to be bored. If my kids are going to be bored, what am I going to do to do two things? One, help facilitate keeping their interest in things. And two, how can I help them be able to interact with other young people that might be there that also might be in the same position? It doesn't work well, we discovered early on, to only bring things for my children to do that other kids can't participate in. And so it really serves the whole group to bring things that that a variety of people can do. So for instance, 
this is this is not because any companies are paying me, but I'm just going to mention some things that have been really successful over the years for me. One of them is some felt books by BettyLukens.com. You can go there. She does these, the Bible story felt sets, but she also sells these little felt books that are very compact, easy to travel, quiet, very quiet, but they have enough pages in them that multiple people can play with them at the same time. And so we've really gotten a lot of use out of taking these felt books places, not just family reunions, but also places like a doctor's office or other areas where my children have had to wait for long periods of time. Getting them off the iPad or off my phone and onto some of these other physical, tangible things helps them to be able to play with other kids more successfully. I find that playing video games on a tablet or whatever is fine if you've got one child and one tablet. But as soon as you have multiple children, there's either a war or there's kids that are really left out. And that's really not the intention that I have when I'm at a reunion like that. I want my kids to be interacting with the other kids. So these felt books are great. Other things that we've done is we've collected kind of an assortment of little bitty teeny tiny plastic animals. And I keep them in a little bag and they go in a bag that is only used for when we are going out either out to eat or to doctor's offices or to church where they have to wait for a long time to do something. Or I know I'm going to be an event like a family reunion in a place where there's not a whole lot of things for them to do. And as a result, the things in that bag are things that are interesting to them because the only time they play with them are in these situations. So we've got the felt books, we've got the little animals, we often have decks of cards or travel games in there. We typically have some sort of drawing activity, drawing or coloring. I remember one year at Thanksgiving, I ordered from, I think it was Oriental Express, some of the Thanksgiving scenes. And I took a packet of two dozen posters that had corresponding stickers so that the kids at the event could design their own little Thanksgiving scene. We've done the same thing for Christmas. And it enables the kids to share the toys with other people and really have a good time. And there's something for everybody. I've also ordered miniature watercolor sets. Kids think that paint is amazing. I don't know what it, the magic about paint, but if you've ever had a kid who is in, you know what I'm talking about when it's like, you want to draw? No. Would you like to paint? Yes. And so we found these little watercolor sets that have brushes with water reservoirs in the handle. So you don't have to get a big cup of water that then gets knocked over all over everything because the water is housed in the brush. You can buy one of these sets for like 20 bucks. It's, it's nothing. And it lasts a long time. It's very compact with lots of different colors, a couple of different brushes they can share with a friend. 
and it's easy to pull out and clean up. There's not a lot of mess. And we would get watercolor postcards so that they aren't painting a big giant picture. But the the card is thick enough that it doesn't make a mess all over everything or get all, you know how the paper gets warped and stuff. So it doesn't do that. So watercolor set, that's another thing that we use. And then just a variety of things, little travel games. Sometimes I'll stick things like Happy Meal toys, whatever the kids meal thing is that they're immediately bored of right after they walk out of a restaurant. Sometimes those things have gone in the bag before. This idea really came from when I was a child and my mother had what we called the go out to eat bag. And it stayed in the back of our van. And when we went out to eat at a restaurant where we had to sit down and order things and then wait for our food to come, she would let us pick a toy to play with out of the go out to eat bag while we were waiting for our meal. As a result, we thought that having to wait for our food was one of the best parts of the entire event because we got to play with those toys in that bag. Now, our family doesn't do a whole lot of out to eat. I feel like it, I have to sell one of my children in order to afford to go out to eat with them on a regular basis. But the bag has come in handy in so many other different times where with lots of little kids, we needed entertainment. And honestly, it's really helpful for just a couple of kids. And so if you have a few little things around the house, this doesn't take very long to prepare an activity bag for them of things that they can use at an event that they don't use the rest of the time. So it'll be interesting to them when you get there. Just a little activity bag to set them up for success. Bring the things. Um, other things that you need that's helpful to bring are are food items or drink items that you know help them. So if you know that they really don't need to be eating tons of candy, perhaps there's a dessert option that you know that they like that is really supportive to your family's standards of what they can and can't eat. If you know that you don't want them to have soda, go ahead and plan to bring something else to drink that they really like to drink so that they aren't tempted to drink the things that you don't want. Or you can prepare and recognize that they are going to have something different but than you normally allow, but maybe you set yourself up for success by eating some really healthy meals ahead of time, planning some really healthy meals afterwards, and then just calling the middle a wash. Now, of course, that doesn't work for allergies, but you parents out there, my hat's off to you for those of you who deal with allergies and have to think about this all of the time. And I would imagine not being a parent that way, that often that is really second nature to you. But if it isn't, you know, you can create a little list of hey, these are some of the things that really support my child when we go to other places. And you can already just have a little list like I could take this kind of granola bar and this kind of drink and uh, this snack and we would be all set for that time. Other things that I think of are when my kids have been out late, 
sometimes we would drive for a long ways and then have to come back home. And one of the things to help set my children up for success was to make sure that they had pillows and blankets in the car to be able to really relax on the way home. That felt really restful to them. So, or jackets or whatever they need to be able to be successful. I often also carried a change of clothes with them so that I wasn't really overwhelmed and easily frustrated with them when they got messy. Because, hey, I've got an extra change of clothes. It's no big deal. If you go have fun in a mud puddle and you just have the time of your life because we can change before we go home. You don't have to stay in those wet clothes. So those are some ways that we have prepared for rental spaces, things like that. Now, let's talk about when you go overnight somewhere. (laughs) Because showing love to other people by preparing to go on an overnight event is a little bit different. You want to have a few things, but not so many things that you lose all your stuff in somebody else's house. And so it's important that you strategize the things that you take. But alternatively, some of the things that we, the ways that we prepare for a longer term stay are things like, I remember, so last year, for instance, we were at my parents' house over the holidays. We were living with them and it's a stressful time for everybody. How to figure out how to navigate living in somebody else's space at, honestly, one of the most stressful times of the year means setting up some systems so that people can intentionally have times of calm and have times to be able to talk about what's working and not working and having extra time away and time to recover, time to rest is really helpful for everyone. It's a way to show love to your family. It's a way to show love to the people that you live with. And so a couple of the things that we did for extended family time were we created a rewards, a reward system. So When a child intentionally was respectful or honoring, even when they found it difficult, we had a little reward system one time where they put um, pennies or nickels, I forget what it was, into a jar. And when the jar got full, then we went and had a treat, like ice cream at, at Dairy Queen or whatever. As an incentive to help them show initiative and being honoring and respectful. The desire is not to bribe them. The desire is to, is there any way that we can get them to have self-control and persevere and be respectful without it needing to be something that we remind them on a regular basis? We wanted it to be, have some sort of incentive that it was important to them. It's important enough to them to remember it without being reminded. And that was really successful. Another thing that's been really successful when we stayed overnight with my parents or overnight with my husband's parents or things like that is to take time intentionally, usually almost every single day to have some family time to check in with what's going well, what are the hardest things 
What do we need to address that maybe we aren't aware of because we're spending time visiting and aren't as aware of our own kids' needs just because we're in a different environment and so we're distracted. So taking some time as a family, usually we would do it in the evenings before they went to bed. We would. It's so tempting to want to stay up and visit until all hours and not really give that attention. But what we found is when we pull away as a family, maybe just into the room where we're sleeping and have a short conversation about how the day went, what was a best thing that happened to you today? What was the hardest thing that happened to you today? Or if you have kids that get hung up on best and worst and can't make a decision, you know, what was a a favorite thing or what was one difficult thing that you experienced today and giving them a chance to really voice the things that they like and don't like. And it helps us keep on our radar how to serve them better, how to love our family in spite of being in someone else's space. Not to mention the fact that sometimes it would bring up thoughts around how to help the people that we're staying with. If we know that our kids are having a hard time getting along with somebody else, chances are that the other person was having a hard time too. And so so the overnight rewards and prioritizing a short family time really were both vital pieces to living successfully in someone else's space during the holidays. It's a way to prepare your family to thrive, which is a loving act. It's a sacrifice. It does take preparation. It does take thinking ahead, but it really makes a huge difference after you're in the situation. It pays off. And then the second thing about showing love to others and saving your sanity is to really talk to your spouse and kids and get their feedback. Do they love the event that you're going to or do they hate it? Which person in the family is the one that most wants to be there? Is this something that the kids look forward to and so the parents are tolerating it? Or is it something that the parents look forward to and so the kids are tolerating it? Who wants to be there the least? What's the hardest about it? What's the easiest and most fun? Is there a key place where breakdown occurs? Like everybody has a great time until they've been there for about three hours. And then we know that everybody's done except for mom who can't stop talking. And so the whole family is just tired and exhausted and grouchy while mom's still yapping. Having a conversation ahead of time about the likes and dislikes and the needs of the different family members helps you all come to an agreement of what would work well for your team. Your family is a team and you're doing this together as a team. And if the whole team is having a hard time while one person is thriving, then the team as a whole is failing. And so get some awareness around how can you be loving to your team as a whole? And that might mean sacrificing some extra time at the event, or it might be mean other people, you know, the rest of the family sacrificing their comfort level because you do know it's important to one particular person. So, but you can't address any of those things if you don't have a conversation about it beforehand. 
So my encouragement to you is to have that conversation. It's a loving conversation to have, even if it brings up conflict, even if it brings up a little bit of, you you know, dissension or potential rifts, disagreement. It it's really a a thing worth doing and worth doing well. Now, let's say you get there, you've prepared, you've talked about it, you've got all of your strategies in place to really do this event well. But there's still going to be those people there sometimes that are awkward, weird, inappropriate, have drama, don't really want to spend time with. Let's just be honest. It Sometimes when we go to events like this, even if we genuinely love the people that we're around, it can be hard. Sometimes it can be hard to really spend time with them for whatever reason. Now, this is the simple thing that helps show love before going to any event. Are you ready? The way to navigate this is to choose a way of being before you go to the party or to the event or to stay with extended family or to spend time with grandparents. And then when you choose your way of being, have a physical reminder with you that regularly brings it back to mind. I know a lot of people choose a a word for the year. For instance, their word for the year might be intentionality or authenticity or love or focus or my word is courage or whatever. But you can do this for any type of event that you're going to, any type of situation where you're going in to interact with other people. One time I was going to an event and I knew that the biggest rift that happens in that situation with my extended family was that we do things, we like the same things, but we do them so differently that the processes create conflict. And so During that event, ahead of that event, I chose the words flexible and calm, that those were going to be my priorities for the event. My priority wasn't to do it the way I wanted to do it. My priority was flexible and calm. And then have a physical reminder of that. So maybe it's a bracelet that I wear so that when I when I look down at the bracelet, I'm reminded of being flexible and calm. Maybe it's a screenshot on my phone that helps me remember those words so that if I check my phone, I'm remembered, remembering to be flexible and calm. Maybe it's a special ring. Maybe I write the word on my hand so that when I open the palm of my hand, I actually see those words. Maybe I set up a reminder on my phone that has an alarm Go, you know, silent alarm go off so that every hour something buzzes on my phone that says, remember to be flexible and calm. There's so many different ways we can remind ourselves of who we want to be in the situation and that that is more important than being right, being in control, 
defending myself, things like that. Another situation I can think of is my husband's family, who I love dearly. They are precious. But I didn't grow up with them, and as a result, we not only do things very differently, but we have different motivations, we have different priorities, we have different traditions, and it would not be unusual for me to get into a situation where I find myself completely dumbfounded by not only how they're doing something, but why in the world would they do it? Now, I'll reiterate, I love them. I think they're amazing people. But we just didn't grow up thinking the same ways about things. Our cultures are different. And so it early on, it became very easy, if I wasn't careful, to go into a situation like that and be tempted to mock what they're doing. Even if I wasn't doing it to them, which sometimes I would accidentally, honestly, but even if I wasn't even if I wasn't mocking them to their face, I would be thinking it in my mind like this is ridiculous. Why on the earth would and it's a very judgy attitude and I really had to confess that to the Lord and ask for forgiveness for my judgmental heart. And once I became convicted of that, though, I needed a new focus going in. And that's where I started choosing the words curious and caring. How can I be curious about how they live life? Curious about how things work for them. Caring about wanting them to experience this holiday season in a really fun and traditional and comfortable way. How can I be curious and caring about their needs, about their experience, learn more about them, which really helps me be able to love them more deeply. You know, uh, a major influencer out there right now is Brene Brown, Brene Brown, and she says that it's hard to be judgmental when you're really when you're, if you're close, if you're growing closer to someone. So if you're feeling judgy or you're feeling above somebody or you don't understand them and are resistant to how they're showing up, she suggests to lean in to the relationship because when we are closer and we get to know people and we understand their reasonings and their way of life and how they got to where they are, why they do what they do, the fears that they have, the past experiences. It's so much easier to to extend grace and love and kindness to those people. So curiosity and caring really helps be us be able to show love to those people more effectively. So that's choosing your way of being is the really simple thing that you can do ahead of going to any event. Give a physical reminder, it's going to help you keep kindness in the forefront of your mind, it's going to remind you of who you want to be. And it allows you to be an example of other to others. If you're there extending kindness and grace and being curious, then you're an example to the other people there at that same event or in that same situation that 
that that that kind of interaction and that kind of relationship and that mercy and grace and non-judgmental attitude and kindness, all of that is possible. It can be so inspiring to other people around you. And just maybe you'll rub off on them a little bit. So what events have you got coming up where you can show love like you truly mean it? Which of these action steps do you plan to incorporate in this season's activities, events, get-togethers, family reunions? I'd love to hear from you. You can leave a message on my podcast page, fruitpursuitpodcast.com. Please leave me a comment. And if this has been helpful for you, share this with somebody else. Encourage them this holiday season that it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it even at extended family events. (laughs) All right. I look forward to talking with you more about love over the next several weeks. Until then, take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?